Welcome into the show. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock hanging out with you, holding down Fort here on a crossover Wednesday. Corbin Smith from Locked On Seahawks will join me shortly. Alex Clancy off today. He'll be back. We're going to finish up the week co-hosting together Thursday and Friday. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to actually getting on the same page. After Sunday's debacle, the 38-20 loss at home to the Carolina Panthers, we're starting to turn the page. Kyler Murray spoke today. Cliff Kingsbury spoke today. Um, and there's something that we need to get into as far as the current Arizona Cardinals team has to continue a trend while at the same time creating and writing their own chapter. And I'll explain what all that means here in this episode of Locked On Cardinals. Give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Rack. Follow my co-host Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner. Follow the show at Locked On AZ Cards. Some housekeeping here. The Arizona Cardinals have signed safety Chris Banjo. He's mostly played with the New Orleans Saints. He's a guy who played limited snaps for the Saints in 2018 but had two picks. Uh, something which this Cardinals defense has none of in 2019. As for Andy Lee, the punter dealing with a flexor issue, his status remains to be seen. The team did re-sign punter Ryan Winslow to its practice squad. They can easily elevate him before game day if necessary. Obviously, Michael Crabtree's shown the door on the team's day off earlier this week. Just played two games, had four receptions for 22 yards. Looks like the team's going to emphasize their young receivers here in 2019. That's the right move. It's uh, it, Look, it's it's going to be key for guys like Keyshawn Johnson, Andy Isabella, even Trent Shurfield to develop this season along with rookie quarterback Kyler Murray. That's just going to be paramount for this team in 2019. Look, the name of the game is not going to be wins and losses. You're going you're gonna to lose that battle. But development, that's going to be key for the 2019 Arizona Cardinals. The new look, new era Cardinals under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray need to continue a trend from past Cardinals teams, but also create and write their own chapter. Now you're locked on Cardinals lead story. I'm Bo Brock. The Arizona Cardinals welcome Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks to State Farm Stadium on Sunday for week four of the 2019 NFL season. According to my bookie, the Seattle Seahawks are four and a half point favorites. Now, up until Cam Newton was ruled out, the Carolina Panthers, they were the favorites in this game between before that spread swung and the Cardinals became favorites. We all know what happened there. The Cardinals, they lost horribly. They didn't cover. They actually lost 38-20. to If you were a genius and you teased the point spread to minus 17 and a half, uh, that's the only way they're going to cover. They lost by 18 to Carolina. What the Cardinals need to do, though, in past... I guess, iterations of this franchise, whether it's Steve Wilkes or whether it's Bruce Arians. Over the last five games, the Arizona Cardinals have been able to play the Seahawks team tight. In the season finale last year, Josh Rosen and the Arizona Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, they went up to Seattle, they did what they, they've been doing, it seems like year in and year out, and they played the Seahawks tight. They lost 27-24. and Previously in that year, they only lost by three to Seattle, 20-17 to at State Farm Stadium. The season finale before that, the Cardinals shocked everybody. Bruce Arians' final game as the Arizona Cardinals head coach. They won 26-24. Cardinals won. Before that, they only lost 22-16 at then University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale. And then previous to that, another win up in Seattle, 
34-31, Arizona won. So if you're keeping score, they're 2-3, and three, but they're also within a touchdown, it seems like, in each and every one of those contests. That's what this team, that's what Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, need to continue. Playing tight. They did that in the first two games as far as the final score. Not tight as far as going out there and playing like a robot. But playing games tight. Scratching, clawing, keeping your team in the game within an arm's reach of a W. They did that against Detroit. They ended up with the tie. They had an opportunity to win. Tremaine Brock couldn't rein in the interception that would have potentially put Zane Gonzalez, who's been perfect this season, in a position to win the game. The team goes to Baltimore. They lose 23-17. to Baltimore has shown that they are the real deal. Holyfield, Lamar Jackson, he's the truth. Cardinals play them tight. They were in there until the final, you know, with the final whistle blew, right? You couldn't rule them out. There were opportunities for them to march down the field, score, tie the game potentially. Didn't happen. There were opportunities in week three, believe it or not. This was a game that was 21-20 for the, between the Carolina Panthers and the Arizona Cardinals. And then the Panthers went on and they scored 17 unanswered points. It became a laugher by the end of it. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury need to find a way to not only continue a tradition over the last five games that previous Cardinals teams have kept it tight, even pulled off shocking wins when the talent, when everybody was saying that the Seahawks should win those games. Cardinals, they went two and three. They kept it tight. Who knows how many spreads they covered it's probably there. My bookie's probably got you covered as far as the statistics, as far as that's concerned. Kyler Murray somehow needs to overcome an offensive line that is going to be overwhelmed by Ziggy Ansah and Jadavian Clowney and a defense that's probably in better shape than Carolina was coming into last week. Sure, they got with Luke Keekley, but... This time it's Bobby Wagner. We're going to see the Seahawks, who are coming off angry, a bad loss to the New Orleans Saints, which was very similar to what we saw between Carolina and Arizona, was the Saints go in and really just kind of really lay one on the, on the Seahawks at home. And they're not happy. they got a bad taste in their mouth. So you've got a mad Seahawks team, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson. Wilson's playing at a high level. The, the odds are stacked against the Arizona Cardinals to play this game tight. If Kingsbury and Kyler Murray can shock the world and keep the Cardinals in this contest until the bitter end and make Russell Wilson go out there and make plays and win this ball game, the Arizona Cardinals would immediately put themselves back in the good graces of this fan base. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive the discount up to $100. Coming up next, Corbin Smith from Locked On Seahawks joins the show. Crossover Wednesday, we figure out if Kyler Murray in this offense can get right against a struggling Seahawks defense. That's next. It's Crossover Wednesday. It's Locked On Cardinals. Let me tell you about my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. It's hard to find time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem. I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. 
Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you and I who want to get the main points of the books quickly so you can start using the information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute or your lunch break or while you exercise. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, and history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestseller lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. I love Blinkist because in 15 minutes, I feel like I was on the fast track to my path for more intelligent, informed, healthy me. I like Blinkist because it helps me to get the key takeaways of a book in just 15 minutes so I can incorporate those learnings into my life immediately. Log on to their website, Blinkist, that's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash locked on. Check them out. So let's talk about sex. Not just sex, but good sex. Remember the days when you were just ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get extra confidence in bed. Just listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, it isn't for a guy who just can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person's doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, our, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On. Try it free. Blue Chews, better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Cardinals. We're back here, Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Bo Brock. We are uh, joined by this Locked On Seahawks broadcast as well. Our guy Corbin from over there is joining us. Thanks for joining us, uh, Corbin. Appreciate it, man. As always, always love talking football, especially when it's an NFC West matchup, the first one of the year for the Seahawks. So this should be an enticing matchup in Arizona. Absolutely, and I got to ask you just right off the bat, before we kind of deep dive this Cardinals offense versus the Seahawks defense, are the are the Seahawks coming into this game pissed off after that loss to the Saints at home? Well, they should be. I mean, that was one of the most embarrassing efforts, and I don't like using that word because you know teams are going to lose games. Mm-hmm. It was just the way that they lost it. Horrible tackling, especially on Kamara. Which, yeah, he's a stud, but. This is a team that normally prides itself in being a really good tackling team, and that might have been the worst display of tackling I have seen by a Seahawks squad since Pete Carroll's been here. And they've been pretty good most of this year, the first two games, tackling. So that was kind of surprising and, and giving away a bunch of points. They spotted the Saints. You could argue they spotted them 20 points in this game. They they gave up 13 in the first half that they shouldn't have given up. A punt return for a touchdown, a fumble return for a touchdown, and then they had them stopped in the third quarter, and then they had a really silly penalty on a field goal attempt that actually was missed, and the Saints ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive after the drive got extended. So they should be upset because they 
really they they had twice as many yards as the, as the Saints did, and they still lost this football game because of all those silly mistakes that they made. Yeah, you saw Russell Wilson kind of in garbage time in that game, really put up some eye-popping numbers. He had a fantastic game. Where'd he go? Over 400 yards passing. He found the end zone twice, both on the ground and through the air. Uh, right at the end, I mean, they were playing till the final whistle. They find the end zone and make it a little more respectable, 33-27 to loss. But just hearing you describe last week's game, it's like you could just substitute the Seattle names and the and the uh, the Saints names for Arizona names and Carolina names. It, it almost was so similar how it worked out. Instead of Alvin Kamara, it was Christian McCaffrey running all over this Cardinals defense. The tackling was just horrible. And insert, you know, this might be too nice to Cliff Kingsbury to put him in the same conversation as Pete Carroll, but these are two teams coming off very poor performances. And uh, I got to admit, I mean, just looking at it from the Cardinals offensive standpoint, a lot of people were excited about this Cardinals offense after two weeks of play, Corbin, and now they're kind of back down in the dumps. Uh, Is this Seattle team, is this Seahawks defense, some, a team that you could get right against? Well, I'm I'm going to be hesitant to say you can get right against them. What you have to hope is the Seahawks can beat themselves because that's what they have been doing. They almost did it the first two games of the year. It's just been the same silly mental mistakes that if they could just get those corrected, they would have easily won the first two games, and I think they would have easily won against the Saints. That's how I mean, when you spot a team 20 points, it totally changes the complexion of a game. And like I said earlier, they really only gave up two touchdowns on defense in this football game. Teddy Bridgewater had 170-something passing yards. He was efficient with the with his attempts, but they only threw the ball to receivers a handful of times in this game. Michael Thomas had five catches, and then Ted Ginn had two, and no other receivers even had targets. So most of their damage was being done by Kamara, and the Seahawks simply let him take over the game by missing tackles, which I don't anticipate they are going to do that again a second straight week. Pete Carroll is a defensive coach. He is not going to put up with that. I would anticipate their tackling is going to be better. So I think this defense is better than the numbers show. At the Steelers game, they gave up two touchdowns where they were given really short fields. So the numbers are misleading. They gave up quite a bit of yardage in the Bengals game, but they were able to bend and not break, didn't give up too many points because of that. The couple touchdowns they did give up in that game were on broken plays that shouldn't have happened. So again, it's, it's silly mental miscues. So if they continue to do that, obviously Arizona's got a great chance to be able to put some points on the board. If the Seahawks can put everything together and they can avoid some of those miscues, I think this defense can still be really, really good, especially if that pass rush gets going. Yeah, it's, it's really an interesting question. Corbin Smith, of course, Locked On Seahawks, joins us here on Locked On Cardinals, part of your crossover Wednesday. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Corbin Smith NFL. And you kind of went through the first games of, these, of the season for the Seahawks, and you look at that defense, and the first game, it seemed like they were having a party in the backfield and really giving fits to a guy like Andy Dalton and the Bengals, but the final score, it's only a one-point difference. The Seahawks squeak out a win at home. Then you have, of course, Ben Roethlisberger go down Against when they're facing off against the Steelers, you've got Mason Rudolph, who actually had a pretty good game in relief of Big Ben. That's a two-point win for the Seahawks. And then you mentioned Bridgewater. He has a good game against the Saints. Not great. What do you envision? Uh, where do you envision this Seahawks defense really having fits with a guy like Kyler Murray? My biggest concern is getting him down if they can get into the backfield, pressure-wise, just because of how athletic he is. And obviously, they get to go against Wilson at practice 
And so certainly they're used to those guys that can move the pocket. But sure. uh, this is a different animal. Teddy Bridgewater is not really a scrambling quarterback necessarily. He's more of a pocket passer. But he had some nice scrambles last week for the Saints too. So Seattle's got to go into this game concerned about that. They Their pass rush has been sporadic. They've got all these new pieces that they've added. Ziggy Anza made his debut last weekend, and and quite frankly, in the game, I didn't think he did much, but when I went back and watched film, there were several plays where he was on the verge of getting a sack. If Bridgewater wouldn't have unloaded the ball as quickly as he did, he made some nice moves. So I think his second game back, he could be a real difference maker. Clowney's still waiting for him to really show up. He's he's made some plays, but then he'll disappear for time, so I don't know if he's still adjusting to the scheme or whatnot, but... Certainly, they've got the guys up there to put some pressure on Murray, but the real question, can you get him down? And teams have had success doing that. That Cardinals offensive line, uh, we're familiar with J.R. Sweezy uh, on that group, and then the rest of those guys that are still there. Uh, really been a struggle giving up 16 sacks up to this point. So this has to be a game that the Seahawks have to feel like we should be able to get pressure on him. The problem is we have to contain him, too. We can't let him get outside, and if he does that, it's really going to be difficult for the secondary to be able to maintain coverage on receivers, especially against this offense. So I, I think they can rush the passer well here. The question is going to be, can you get Kyler Murray down? He's running the ball really well when he's had opportunities. And so that, that presents a totally different dynamic than they're used to seeing from Cardinals quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think that the Cardinals offense needs to see a new dynamic come into play week four against the Seahawks where – Number 31, David Johnson really gets rolling as far as the run game because if they don't, we're going to probably see a repeat of the first three weeks. We did actually get to see Kyler Murray get out and go in week three against Carolina. Kind of an emphasis on the first drive and the bulk of his yardage came from that first drive, but 69 yards on the on the ground, but we only saw 37 from DJ and the previous week before that, he was in the teens as far as rushing the football and in the first week was his most successful running performance he had 84 yards and the, and the Cardinals put up their best offensive performance of the season so we'll see if they can certainly do that uh, what scares me is you, you did mention some big names on that pass rush Ziggy Ansah of course Jadavian Clowney uh, you got Bobby Wagner of course in, in the middle of that linebacking crew uh, I, I just gotta imagine that is going to be a lopsided affair going up against an offensive line that was kind of lackluster the first two weeks of the season and then absolutely imploded against Carolina giving up eight sacks I would think that that's going to be a big difference maker in this game if if Arizona blocks like they did against Carolina and Seattle cannot get pressure then that's going to be really worrisome for Pete Carroll and and there's another guy who will throw out there Quentin Jefferson one of their versatile linemen that can play inside and he can play defensive end he has been a monster the first three weeks. He has been their best defensive lineman. Not Clowney, not Ziggy Anza. It's been Quentin Jefferson. So I think they can get interior pressure too with him, Puna Ford, and those guys. Their run defense has been pretty has been pretty stout the first three weeks. It's just been the inconsistencies with that pass rush. So that to me is the biggest X factor, X factor in this entire game. How does that Cardinals offensive line look? Do they bounce back a little bit being back at home? Or are they going to continue playing like they did last week? And Seattle's going to see some things on film Carolina did and try to move that over to this game. They've certainly got the talent to be able to do that. Yeah, a couple keys there. Obviously, offensive line play from the Cardinals. I think that a guy like Kyler Murray has to maybe take a little bit uh, more opportunities, maybe a few more chances, maybe be a few a little bit more aggressive throwing the football. Is that because his offensive line isn't giving him enough time? Uh, that's probably a... Uh, 
that's that's a tough question to answer. And then getting that run game going with David Johnson, those are certainly some keys for this Cardinals offense. And uh, maybe what do you have, Corbin, as far as a couple keys for this defense uh, going into week four of this, of this NFL season? So obviously I've mentioned the pass rush is, is critical to me, and I don't necessarily need to see a bunch of sacks, but they need to make Kyler Murray uncomfortable while still not allowing him to get outside the pocket or, or move up in the pocket and do damage with his legs. So there's a balance there that you've got to find. To me, the other thing, I am still worried about David Johnson. And, it, and as a runner, obviously, he has his abilities. But I'm most worried about him as a receiver because I look at what Kamara did last weekend to the Seahawks after the catch. They, they had held him down pretty well as a running back for most of this game. He had like 60-something yards on the ground. So the Seahawks, they would accept what they did run game wise with him, but they had some matchups where Michael Kendricks was out there working against him and Kendricks missed several tackles. They had a couple other uh, corners and safeties that missed tackles on him in open field after the catch. So I'm really worried about David Johnson as a receiver in this game. And obviously Larry Fitzgerald has a history of doing some things against the Seahawks. So I always have him circled against that secondary that's still very young for the most part, aside from Bradley McDougal, a very young, uh, inexperienced group that has shown some improvements the last few weeks. But certainly still, this is not the Legion of Boom secondary. So if you can't get pressure, I think Kyler Murray will have some opportunities to get the ball downfield. The Seahawks have been up and down with that the first three weeks of the season. Corbin Smith, Locked On Seahawks. Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals. It's a crossover Wednesday. On the other side, we're going to flip things. Russell Wilson, the Seahawks offense, is going to try to get it going. A familiar face returns to their offensive scheme. We'll get into who that is and what he could bring to the table against the Cardinals defense that needs to make up for a horrid performance against the Carolina Panthers. We're getting into that next. It's You're listening to your Locked On Podcast Network. We're getting to the end of the week. We're starting to see that spread four and a half. Look, it's been a hard week. It was a bad week for the Cardinals. They didn't cover last week two and a half against the Carolina Panthers. Blown out of the water, but it's great to sit down. It's great to take some time off. And tomorrow night, Thursday night football, you got the Philadelphia Eagles, Green Bay Packers. Let's watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns, two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines, no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. That's why I play there. That's why Alex plays there. And you should too. We wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Activate the offer. The promo code is LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back to a crossover Wednesday. Locked on Cardinals, locked on Seahawks. Bo Brock, Corbin Smith, breaking down this week four 
NFC West showdown. We're starting to get into the division games. The Cardinals winless at 0-2-1. The Seahawks at 2-1 trying to wash a bad taste out of their mouth. A loss at home to the New Orleans Saints. And we're flipping things. We talked about the Cardinals offense versus the Seahawks defense. Got some answers there. Got some keys to the Sunday's matchup. Now we're going to the Cardinals defense versus this Russell Wilson-led Seahawks offense, Corbin. Yeah, I'm really worried about in this game just from the past. I'm thinking about last year in Week 17, how the Seahawks offensive line had been playing really well up to that point. Most of the middle of the season and even the late part of the season, December, they were protecting Russell Wilson. And then the Cardinals just absolutely ambushed Russell Wilson in that last game of the regular season. And so I'm always highlighting uh, Chandler Jones. I always got him circled because he just always tears up the Seahawks and gets in the backfield and destroys Russell Wilson. So I guess my big question, looking at what the Cardinals have done so far, they obviously have got a brand new coaching staff. There's some different things going on on defense. Are there any other guys away from Chandler Jones that are kind of making their presence felt in the pass rushing department? Yeah, there's some guys in the preseason. There were some guys, of course, Terrell Suggs had two sacks in his debut for the Cardinals uh, to open up the season at State Farm Stadium uh, in the tie against the Detroit Lions. But since then, he's kind of been... uh, we haven't heard a lot from T. Sizzle. Then there's the rookie in Zach Allen. He was a he was a later round pick out of Boston College, a guy that everybody's really excited about. You know about Cassius Marsh, of course. He was he was a kind of a he was a late cut for the Seahawks at the end of preseason. He's been a guy that's had a sack and has shown up as far as the pass rush is concerned. But the one mainstay is the guy like Jones that you've mentioned. Chandler Jones is really the only guy you can rely on on a week-in and week-out basis to show up as far as the pass rush is concerned. But here's what really takes away from it, Corbin, is their pass rush can have as much success as they want. Unfortunately, the secondary is just in such... Uh, just disarray that they can't they haven't forced a turnover an interception all season three weeks in the season they have no picks it's dating back to the beginning of the 2018 season this is a secondary even with Patrick Peterson in in 16 of those games they only have seven interceptions as a unit and that's just not getting it done no matter how much pressure they're getting on the quarterback they're just not creating turnovers and that's that's causing a big problem it was a huge problem last week against Carolina where a guy like Zach or I'm sorry Kyle Allen looked like Tom Brady he was an undrafted free agent quarterback that was making his second career start and he threw four touchdowns I'm really curious to see how that plays out with Russell Wilson obviously playing as well as he is these first three weeks because their offensive line, Seattle's offensive line, has looked kind of like the offensive line from 2015 and 2016 at times. They have been very inconsistent. They've given up a lot of sacks. They didn't give up any this last game, but it's a little misleading because Russell Wilson made some remarkable plays evading pressure back there from the Saints. And so it was one of those things stats sometimes can tell you the wrong picture compared to when you watch the film. But uh, I really really want to see what the Cardinals are going to be able to do working against Tyler Lockett, who's coming off of a career-high 11 receptions, 154 yards against the Saints defense. And really the big X factor on their offense right now, that's DK Metcalf. And probably maybe there's a chance that Byron Murphy, the rookie out of Washington, all the people in the Pacific Northwest know him really well. Maybe there's a chance that he ends up getting some reps against him and certainly a very solid young corner. But DK Metcalf's kind of been a, a matchup problem for defenses these first couple weeks. And so I'm interested to see if Seattle, if they can get enough protection there. That's the key here. 
if they can get enough protection for Russell Wilson to be able to scan and look downfield, this feels like a game to me that that explosive downfield passing game, the opportunity should be there for them. If the, if the Carolina Panthers are able to do what they did last week, I think the Seahawks have better weapons on the outside, and certainly they have a better quarterback coming into town this week. That being said, this is Arizona, which has kind of been a house of horrors for the Seattle Seahawks hmm. the last couple years. So they can come in here red hot with their offense, and then they come out flat in Arizona. I don't know what it is. Maybe with this secondary not having Patrick Peterson, that'll be a big difference maker. They'll be able to move the ball through the air. But it also feels like it could be a game they could run the ball down Arizona's throat too, maybe get Chris Carson going after having some fumble issues the first few games of the year. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Pete Carroll, this offense, decides to do with Russell Wilson, as you said, playing at such a high level. And it's it's kind of funny to say this, Corbin, but – that he's this healthy at this stage in the season, it feels like forever since that's happened. Am I right by saying that? I mean, he's always seems to be like dealing with maybe an ankle issue, maybe a knee issue here or there. It seems like early in the season he seems to get dinged up, and then he's just kind of worn down for the rest of the season. He's playing kind of hurt for the rest of the season. He's t- he's a tough guy, believe it or not. But to see him at nearly 100%, I, I feel like I haven't seen it for a while. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Maybe he's had a few little nicks and bruises. But I mean, we're talking about a guy that's never missed a start in his NFL career. And I will say this. I will say this compared to previous seasons. I think he looks more spry right now as a scrambler than he has in two or three years. Yeah. So maybe there were a few injuries. A few years back, he had a knee issue that he was dealing with, but he played every single game, continued to put up big numbers, passing the football. Uh, but he was not as much of a threat running the ball they have not been wanting him to run very much. At this stage, he's becoming a better pocket passer, and that's good news because he's going to get, as he continues to get older, going to be tougher for him to be able to run on other teams and move the ball with his legs. But he's still very capable, and he last week had a couple huge runs in that football game, a couple touchdown runs in the end zone. So, I mean, he's yeah. still a factor. The Seahawks are just trying to limit how much they are running read option stuff because they don't want to expose him to hits. It's understandable, but he's still absolutely a weapon in that regard. So as far as health goes, you know, maybe he had a few little uh, nicks and bruises he was dealing with that were limiting his speed, but he just looks more explosive as a runner this year than he has been in prior seasons. So it, maybe you're onto something there, but he's certainly been healthy enough. He's played in every game for him. Yeah, you know what? You brought. I want to get back to something you said about uh, DK Metcalf, who has looked very good and maybe surprised a lot of people. They thought maybe he was just like a workout monster, a guy that had just had a great body and kind of a one-trick pony. They thought he could just run straight really fast, but he's shown to be more of a player playmaker than a lot of people expected him versus Byron Murphy I would be intrigued by that matchup I would love to see the two rookies go after each other uh, on Sunday Uh, you talk about another guy from UW that you're familiar with there in the Pacific Northwest Buda Maker is a guy that's been great as far as he's been a tackling machine he's been forcing from fumbles but we haven't seen him as a ball hawking safety yet I'd like to see him maybe earn his first career interception. It's a tough task going up against a guy like Russell Wilson who takes such great care of the football. And then you talk about a guy like Tyler Lockett. Is that going to be a matchup for Murphy? Is that going to be a matchup for Tremaine Brock, who's familiar with the NFC West, uh, but he's been on the opposite end of a few good plays here and there and a few bad plays here and there early in the season for the Cardinals. And a guy like Lockett, uh, we give fits to the, uh, to the veteran cornerback, that's for sure. 
I would be curious about that matchup just simply because Brock was briefly with the Seahawks yeah. in a training camp a few years ago. But I, I look at his game and when he was on the 49ers even, and this was before Lockett came into the league. So we haven't really had a chance to see those two going up against each other. But I would think that that would be an advantage for Tyler Lockett just with his route running savvy, his quickness, his ability to get downfield. So I look at, at that as an area that can be exploited. If you're looking at Arizona, if they can pass protect well enough to me, when they're on offense, they can exploit the Seahawks throwing the football. If Kyler Murray can get away from pressure and extend plays, absolutely you can, you can light up the Seahawks doing that. I look at players like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf going against the secondary. I like Buda Baker a lot. I like Byron Murphy a lot. I think those guys have a lot of upside. But I still see that being the area that the Seahawks offensively had to be licking their chops a little bit, just seeing what the Carolina Panthers were able to do. And I'm going to throw another name out there. I know Greg Olson gave the Cardinals a lot of fits. He did. And Will Disley is having a phenomenal second season coming off a torn patellar tendon. He's already got three touchdowns in three games, and he's really emerging as a dual-threat tight end for the Seahawks. That's one of the reasons they were willing to trade Nick Vanette yesterday. Yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, Vance Joseph, unfortunately, kind of has the calling card, whether he's a head coach or what. now he's the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals, of tight ends just uh, having field days against coach teams coached by Joseph. And I don't think that slows down on Sunday. You mentioned Greg Olson, 75 yards, two touchdowns against the Cardinals in Week 3. Before that, Mark Andrews for the Baltimore Ravens, very talented young tight end. He had 100 yards and a score. And then in Week 1, TJ Hawkinson, the first-round pick from the Detroit Lions, went for 100 yards and a score. So I would not be shocked if Disley does not continue that horrible trend for the Arizona Cardinals defense in the tight end, just having a great day. And then uh, Luke Wilson just recently re-signed with the Seahawks this week. Uh, he looks to get back into the fold, but probably more from a blocking standpoint, probably more from keeping and helping keep a guy like uh, Russell Wilson upright, but also some familiarity there between Wilson and, and Wilson. Yeah, the Wilson-to-Wilson connection is going to be back alive, and that we'll have to wait and see. Wilson had a little over 1,100 receiving yards in the five years with the Seahawks. So he's a capable receiver, not going to put up huge numbers, but he is also one of the few players the Seahawks have that has had a lot of success in Arizona. There's a few games that he's had big receptions. I think two of the longest receptions in his career have happened in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So. The one thing to keep an eye on here, he played when he was in Seattle, it was with Daryl Bell as the offensive coordinator. So he he left before Schottenheimer took over. So he does have to learn a new offense. They run a lot of similar concepts. So I expect he's going to be able to play some for them this weekend. But certainly uh, I would think he's going to have to ramp up his workload after a week or two as he's still adjusting to that. But he's going to get some snaps. They only have one other healthy tight end on the roster. They do have George Fant that can play the position as well. I- I'm still waiting for the 330-pound ex-basketball player to get another pass thrown his direction. <laughs> Maybe this is the game that he hauls in another pass downfield. I mean, I've seen him do it at practice. Sure. He'll run seam routes, a 330-pound guy, and he can catch the ball. So wow. I'm waiting for that to happen again in the game, and hopefully this time he doesn't eat the turf monster like he did last year. <laughs> One last part of this, the Seahawks offense versus the Cardinals defense, and you mentioned a little bit, but Chris Carson, Rashard Penny, uh, and then also who was known as a bulldozer early in his career with the Cardinals after he came over from San Francisco. I want to hear about Mikey Potty and the early returns from the big blocking guard, uh, more kind of geared towards run blocking. What should we expect from this this rushing attack, are we going to see Chris Carson, who might have a little fumbleitis, 
Are the Seahawks going to try to get him right against a suspect Cardinals rush defense? It sounds absolutely like that's the plan. Pete Carroll today made it very clear that Chris Carson is our guy. He's going to get the football. The thing is, he's played well. He His fumble on Sunday against the Saints was at the end of a 23-yard run. I mean, he's he's playing well. It's just he keeps turning the ball over. So you're going to get to a point, if that keeps happening, where you have to put your other backs in the game because there becomes trust issues. But they clearly believe that Chris Carson is going to get this turned around, and he's a guy that can also do damage as a receiver out of the backfield. He's still their guy. And like I mentioned earlier, you, you just alluded to it as well, Carolina, Christian McCaffrey was running all over the Cardinals last week. I look at this as a game that Carson, and and honestly, I think Rashad Penny, he's coming off a hamstring injury. He missed last week's game, but he practiced today. Mm -hmm. Rashad Penny, to me, is a guy that, looking at his skill set, he is the more explosive in terms of top-line speed of those two backs. To me, he's a guy, if he gets into into open space against his Cardinals defense, with what McCaffrey just did, he becomes a bigger threat. So I could see him having a big part in the game plan this week because of his strengths going into this game. Incredible insight, of course. Everything Seattle Seahawks given. Corbin Smith, a follow on Twitter, at Corbin Smith NFL, of course, locked on Seahawks. That's why we love doing this each and every week, kind of getting the insight from across enemy lines, as cliche as that sounds. But that's why we love Crossover Wednesday. Corbin, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Hopefully we've uh, given you enough information about this Cardinals team struggling going into Week 4. Looking forward to the matchup, my man. Yep, absolutely. It's going to be fun, and I'll make sure to give the scouting report here to Coach Carroll when I get a chance. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Sounds good.